Welcome to IVFU, a podcast about the pain, joy, angst, and love of trying to make a family the new-fashioned way. I'm your host, Sam Shaber, and this is a special bonus episode to cap off Season 1. I thought, after all these quick performance excerpts at the top of each show, it would be nice to settle in and hear just one complete story. So let's go to Venice, California for a performance at the Rant and Rave Storytelling Series hosted by Rogue Machine Theater. If you've been piecing my story together throughout this season, now you'll get a fuller picture of the journey I went on to become a mother and why that moment was the biggest surprise of all. And to kick our evening off, Sam Shaber! Sam Shaber is a singer-songwriter who's released 12 albums and covered over 200,000 miles. She's also a moth main stage performer, and her one-woman musical, Sam Shaber, Life, Death, and Duran Duran, won awards at the Edinburgh and Hollywood Fringe Festivals and opens in New York next month. She's also about to launch a new podcast called IVFU, a series of candid interviews about the pain, joy, angst, and love of trying to make a family the new-fashioned way. Ladies and gentlemen, Sam Shaber! My husband George and I spent six years trying to get pregnant. We tried having lots of sex. We tried eight rounds of IVF, six with my own eggs, and two with two different egg donors. From this, we did 10 embryo transfers. We tried five fertility centers, four therapists, three motility tests, and two genetic embryo tests. We tried everything everyone suggested. So I tried yoga, herbs, meditation, bed rest. I tried not drinking. I tried drinking more. (laughs) That was my doctor's suggestion. I tried eating warm eggs for breakfast every morning. That was my Chinese acupuncturist suggestion. I tried lying on my left side after sex. That was an Armenian tailor's suggestion. (laughs) I tried lying on my right side after sex in case the Armenian tailor was disoriented. I tried not trying, which was everyone's suggestion. And I once spent two months kneeling on the floor every morning in front of a flowering houseplant, trying to visualize myself producing a bud. (laughs) That was my idea. (laughs) After six years, I was diagnosed with unexplained infertility. It's an actual medical thing. And there was nothing left to try. We were depleted emotionally, physically, and financially. We were not good candidates for adoption, And we would have loved to do surrogacy, but the cost was astronomical. So we were just done. And I had come to see the world as divided into us and them. Us being all the people like us that can't have children, and them being everyone else who can. Them are the people on Facebook posting baby bump photos and fuzzy sonogram images. 
Them are all of my cousins who get their kids together every summer for a big reunion that I'm not a part of. And them are the woman at the post office one year who handed me my change and said, happy Mother's Day if you're a mother, at which point I burst out crying. I clung to this idea with a sort of defiance, like, oh, I can't have a baby? Fuck you. I have crazy pink hair and weird clothes. Obviously, I'm not supposed to be a mother. I'll have some other kind of alternative fabulous life. <laughs> and then, and then, at Thanksgiving 2017, a cousin of mine pulled me aside and she said, if you and George want to do surrogacy, I want to pay for it. And I almost said no, because I was so busy trying to live my fabulous alternative life. But I'm also not crazy, so we took the money. <laughs> and suddenly, George and I were on our way to becoming them. We found a new egg donor who gave us 59 eggs in one cycle. Yeah. And we found a surrogate. Her name is Kaylee. She lives in Nevada. She has two of her own kids, and she's been a surrogate once before. So she is a pro. Kaylee came to LA for the embryo transfer wearing a t-shirt that said, may the embryos be ever in your favor, hashtag transfer day. <laughs> she got it on Etsy. <laughs> so I immediately went to Etsy and got her another shirt that said, keep calm, I'm the surrogate. <laughs> and she loved it. Kaylee got pregnant on the very first try because she is such a pro. And George and I started getting ready. We had two baby showers. We prepped the nursery. We went to diapering classes. We FaceTimed into her appointments in Nevada. And suddenly we had our own fuzzy sonogram images and our own baby bump pictures, none of which we posted on Facebook. <laughs> and then on February 17th, 2019, just a few weeks ago, George and I were in Nevada for the birth. The doctor explained how it would go. I would sit in a chair by the bed with my shirt open. And when the baby was born, George would cut the umbilical cord and then they would place him on my bare chest for an hour, partially to regulate his temperature, but mostly so that we could bond and that he would know that I was his mother. So we met Kaylee and her husband, Ben, at the hospital at 5.45 a.m. Kaylee was wearing the Keep Calm, I'm the Surrogate t-shirt, <laughs> which I appreciated, and I couldn't believe she still fit into it. We went upstairs, and Kaylee got in the bed, and I got in the chair next to the bed. And at 8 a.m., they induced her. And at 11.47 a.m., she gave birth to our son. We named him Darwin a little nod to science that made this all possible. And just as we had been told, they pulled him out and George cut the umbilical cord and then they placed him up against my bare chest and I cupped his tiny feet in my left hand and his tiny butt in my right. And finally, after eight years, I was holding my baby son and I was a mother. Except I didn't feel like a mother. I didn't feel anything. Everything that everybody said, oh, once he's in your arms, the fact that it's not your egg, the fact that you didn't carry him, the fact that you didn't give birth, none of that will matter. 
and it all mattered. I had no connection, I felt no bond, I felt no rush of love. All I felt was the fact that I had made a huge mistake and that all the years of trying had actually been the universe trying to tell me that I'm not supposed to be a mother. But I didn't listen and I pushed and I pushed and now I had fucked everything up. When the hour was up, George held him for a little while and then everyone wanted to hold him. So Kaylee's husband held him, her two daughters had arrived and they each took a turn and then Kaylee took a turn. And I looked at Kaylee holding Darwin in the bed where she had just given birth to him and it looked so natural. I looked at the way she was smiling at him with so much love, the kind of love I wanted to feel. And I realized she'd already been holding him for nine months in her womb. And she'd already been giving him everything that I couldn't give him. And I felt like he belonged with Kaylee and I wanted to leave him there and run away. But the nurses took him and they cleaned him up and they gave him to George and to me and we spent that night in the hospital which meant that I slept in a maternity bed made for a woman about to give birth, which is something that I can't do. And they made us watch a video, a little how-to video, the first 15 minutes of which were all about breastfeeding, which is something I'll never do. And all night long, I cried and cried and cried. We brought Darwin back to LA and I found a new therapist. Number five, for those of you keeping track. <laughs> and she told me that actually I was experiencing postpartum depression. Even though I wasn't pregnant, even though I didn't give birth, I can still have it. And she said, I want to help you bond with Darwin. That's going to help with this depression. She said, what's something that you like to do that's special to you that you can share with him? And I thought about it and I said, well, I like to take very long walks in LA, like distances that no one in LA would ever walk. And I like to make little activities for myself. I'll check out a sandwich shop that I saw on Instagram or look at some gate to a house that I read about in a magazine. And, and my friends actually call me Sam Camp because I'm always turning things into these little activities. So she said, that's perfect. She said, every day I want you to put Darwin in the carrier and I want you to walk around LA with him and do Sam camp and show him what you love. So for the first 12 weeks of Darwin's life, every day I put him in the carrier against my chest and we walked around LA. From my place in West Hollywood, we went window shopping along the Sunset Strip. We went to a secret backyard cafe off of Melrose. We walked over to the West Hollywood Library and did a diaper change in the bathroom. We walked up into Laurel Canyon and had lunch at the Canyon Country Store of, of an espresso and an avocado sandwich. And when he was in the carrier, because he was so tiny, I would have to support him a bit. And I, in fact, I liked to put him in the carrier facing out so that he could see the world, so he could see the world that I see. But he was very small, so what I would do is face him outwards and pull his arms up on the ledge of the carrier like a little windowsill. And then I would put my hands under his arms to support him. 
And he would take one of my fingers in each tiny fist. And this is how we would walk around, like little handlebars. And sometimes he fell asleep. But usually, he was awake, and his big blue eyes were open, and he was calm, and he was taking in everything that he could see. And slowly, slowly, I started to feel a little bit more of a connection to him. And then one day in May, as we walked along Santa Monica Boulevard towards Fairfax, I caught our reflection in a store window. And I saw little Darwin with his big blue eyes and his fists holding my fingers. And I saw me with my crazy pink hair and my weird clothes. And I realized the world isn't about us and them. The world is about me and him. And I may not look like a mother, but I'm his mother. And he is my son. And so the next time someone at the post office wishes me a happy Mother's Day, I will still burst into tears. <laughs> but I will also smile and say, thank you. Thanks for joining me for season one of IVFU. We're already hard at work on season two, and you can be first to know when it premieres if you subscribe at Apple Podcasts or wherever you stream your pods, and also if you like and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at IVFU Podcast. If you've enjoyed your time with us, we'd be very grateful if you want to send some support to IVFU Podcast at Venmo and PayPal.me. That'll help season two happen a lot faster. <laughs> and word of mouth is the best publicity in this crazy podcast world, so we'd also love for you to share this podcast with your friends and loved ones and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. The IVFU Podcast is produced by me, Sam Shaber, and Emmeline Summerton. For episode transcripts and to download our theme song, Freak in Love by Sam Shaber and The Happy Problem, visit IVFUpodcast.com. IVFU is distributed by Inside Voices Media. Our mixer is Allison Wilson with additional sound design by J.C. Swatek. Our live story was recorded in L.A. at the Rant and Rave Storytelling Series produced by Sarah Fenton and Betsy Zyko at RogueMachineTheater.net and featuring the voice of host Ron Botita. Thank you, and thanks for listening. I'm happy we shared this time together, because remember, it's all about being a family. And I'm